All right, you guys are in for a treat today. Something different than you're used to here on the show because I am bringing a plethora of speakers that have a couple of things in common. Of course, their faith in Jesus is the ultimate and that creates the synchronicity that has brought them now to this second thing that they have in common, which is sharing a stage. And you're likely a speaker in and of your own right and you have something inside of you that you wanna vocalize. And so all of these speakers are coming with an intention to equip, to serve, and to show up boldly so that you too can do the exact same thing in a place that is often, you know, different and a place that is often being shook when it comes to business and it comes to sharing our faith in business. It's ultimately a movement of mission-driven leaders founded in Christ, and the conference is called the FounderCon. If you have yet to hear about this, maybe you've been hiding under a rock because it's been essentially three years in the making. It was originally called Grow Your Business for God's Sake, and we are still doing the exact same thing now under the nonprofit, The Founder Collective. So if you have a business or you raise your hand to having a ministry, either or, they're kind of the same, that's the ultimate business tree, we are calling all of these marketplace ministers, you included, community builders, content creators, pastors, managers, executives, movement makers, authors, speakers, entrepreneurs, to the table. And we are going to be sharing an incredibly intimate experience while also a virtual conference. So I say intimacy because intimacy comes in community and it comes in connection and depth and vulnerability, but it's going to be a party. Okay, y'all. I love a party. I love surprises. I love excitement. And so today, the plethora of people that you're going to hear from, they're going to tap into what exactly they're going to be sharing on stage. And I'm going to be kind of like a narrator, you know, Samuel L. Jackson. Jackson always plays the role of God uh, over top of movies. I do not sound like Samuel L. Jackson. I totally understand, but I'm going to narrate the process so you get to know a bit more about them and then you get to hear from them firsthand. So do not stop now. Just getting started by introducing you to some of this year's FounderCon speakers. They're going to bless you. They're going to equip you. They're coming from a lot of different lenses in order to teach you, but ultimately it's not about them just sharing their testimony. This is a movement conference. This is an action-taking conference. You are going to leave with yes, step one, yes, step two, and you're going to know how it's going to truly transform the lives of the people that you're connected to based on how you integrated it into your component of business, whatever that is, ministry, businessry, right? All right, we're all on the same page now, so let's get started. Oh, and before you wait any longer, seriously, pause right now. Go to www.thefoundercon.com. Dot com. Don't forget the, thefoundercon.com. And get your ticket because it's going to go fast. We only have a reserved number of seats in the room. There will be 200 in the room, 2,000 online. Let's go. We've got MCs both for the virtual arena. And so you can get a virtual ticket too if you can't join us in Raleigh, North Carolina, November 10th and 11th, 2023. We cannot wait for you to be there. Stay tuned for all the details and get to know the speakers right now getting so excited. I'm so excited for you guys to meet my people. Like the people that when I first met, I just knew that I knew, you know how you have those kindred spirits? Well, you are going to meet a ton of them in person or virtually. You're going to have an opportunity to interact, an opportunity to really sit with people and get to know them and not just hear their testimonies, but truly learn from them. I believe one of our most valuable assets of connecting with people is not only to just be the teacher, 
teacher, but to also be the learner, to be the student, to sit at people's feet and actually listen. And then, of course, applied knowledge is wisdom. Actually do the thing. So Dr. Justin Mosley is that type of teacher. He is someone who he's going to teach you about the practice in which he propels from both mindset. Also from a business development perspective, he has an incredible chiropractic organization that has been running for many years. And then he propelled into the coaching space. And so maybe you've been in the corporate arena. Maybe you've had a different genre of business and you want to start stepping out as a speaker, a teacher, an author. That's what he's done. And so we're going to have that tactical as well as that testimonial feel. And I'm excited for you guys to meet my friend, Dr. Justin. All right, tune in. Even I started my chiropractic clinic based on two things. One was Jesus didn't come to be served. He came to serve. So we knew we're just going to get out in the community and serve. Mm -hmm. But the other thing was Ziegler quote, get any you want life, help enough others get what they want, Mm -hmm. which is again, another act of service. So we started our clinic back in 2012. And then I'm going to fast forward to 2018. Life was great. We had a thriving practice helping lots of people. I was living my purpose. I was making a difference. And then I went on a whitewater rafting trip. It was actually a men's retreat that we went on and went whitewater rafting. And I had a near-death accident. The, The raft actually flipped over and I got trapped underneath the rapid. And the last thing I remember thinking to myself was, I'm not coming back up. And then everything just went black. Wow. And then everything went bright white. And it was the most peaceful feeling I'd ever felt in my life. Like, I just want to stay here. Peace, joy, everything was in that moment. And then I heard this voice that said, wake up. And in that moment, I came back to reality and I was trapped between two rocks under the water. And I tried to push and I didn't move. I was stuck. And Mm -hmm. thankfully, adrenaline kicked in and I was able to push hard enough that I broke the buckle on my life jacket and was able to float to the top and actually breathe again. And after that, it shook me. Uh, We all think about our purpose and question like, why are we here? But in that moment, I asked myself a powerful question. Why am I still here? Because things could have been completely different in that moment. And as I began to process that, because I went back to my purpose, hey, I'm living that. But what I realized is I was living my purpose, but I was playing way too small. And that's for all of us. I believe we get comfortable in life and God has plans for us that are bigger than anything we can think, say, or imagine. So we just need to let go of what we think this is supposed to look like and ask, Hey God, what do you have in store for my life? And again, that was a perfect analogy for, I mean, the the water was calm. We were just cruising along. That's where life was. Things were comfortable. Then we hit the rapids and that's where everything changed for me. And I believe that, everyone in life, we get too comfortable and you don't have to have a near death experience to change. And, but a lot of you right now, you're dying a slow death in your business, in your relationships, in life in general, because you're not walking out the calling that God has for your life. And for me, that's why I'm on a mission right now to help people exchange their comfort for their calling. Because we got to step out of our comfort zone and into the call that God has in our life, because that's when you truly live out your purpose. So mm-hmm. that fast forward to what I'm doing now. I that was in 2018 and 2019. I asked myself, well, if money wasn't an issue, if I could do anything I wanted. What would I do that brought me joy and, and made an impact? And I was like, I just want to put out content on mindset and personal growth and development. It changed my life. I know it will change other people's. 
But I was like, I don't even know if anybody's going to listen. So I'm just going to start putting stuff out there. So in March of 2020, I started a Facebook group and just started interviewing people like this and just giving content and just serving. And it quickly grew. It grew to a thousand people within the first month. And I was like, all right, people are listening. Uh, at the time, I was actually coaching other chiropractors because they would come to me and like, hey, you guys have had success. I'm struggling. Can you help me? And I realized it was never their business. It was never their systems, their procedures. It was always their level of mindset or growth and development. So once they, they shifted their mindset and started working on personal development, their businesses started to grow. So fast forward to what I'm doing now, I get to help people step into their power and actually live with more passion, more purpose, more peace, and more profits. So that's what I love to do every single day because I know it's a calling that God has in my life. That's incredible. And I am so glad that the word peace has come up so many times. And I literally sensed that from you. So like what a character trait to carry with from God, like himself. Um, I think it's so it literally precedes you. So whatever that sensation is that you feel on the inside, know that it, it precedes you everywhere you go. I think what's well, really... I yeah. I was, yeah. I want to thank you for that because, and that's, that's not always how it has been because I got yeah. caught in the trap of building a business. And what most entrepreneurs do is that constant striving mm -hmm. and that wanting to do more and be more and have more. But I got to this place of, no, I'm just going to surrender it all and say, God, where do you want me to go next? That's Cause so I've been there where I tried to go a certain direction and God was like, no, no, you need to come over here. Yeah. Yeah. So now Likewise. I'm trying to, yeah, as much as I can stay in the moment and ask yeah. his direction of where to go next. And honestly, Justin, that was one of the most impactful conversations that I had that entire retreat. I came back uh, to my team that Monday and we were sitting there and by the end of the conversation, everyone was weeping, not much unlike the, the retreat that we were on. But when we were sitting at that final couch conversation about we just had all of this wealth of information. You guys, I took 55 pages of Google Doc notes. OK, 55. Wow. And I was like, holy cow, my mind is moving a million miles a minute, pretty much as fast as my mouth, which is pretty hard to do. And I'm sitting there and Justin goes, well, two other, one other person went, then Dr. Justin goes, and then somebody else and then myself. And when he went, he said, well, I'm just going to like take all this information and I'm just going to like present it to my mentor and I'm going to just, you know, sit with it and see what happens. And I'm over here with like a map, right? Like I've got every step. I know where I'm going. I know what minute I'm going to go there. And I was also super perplexed. I'm like, what do you mean? You have another mentor besides our coach that we just invested in to be here? Like, who is this person? I need to know this person. So I'm like, well, who's your other mentor? And he's like, um, God. And I was like, oh gosh. And I immediately was just like stunned to silence again rare for me that it had me completely reprocessing this entire plan and math that i had created another person went and it was my turn and i'm like completely wrecked i'm like well great everything that i was going to say is out the window and i need to do the exact same thing and uh i think that it's just so critical it's again it's a mindset thing and what has emerged from that is to be able to operate joyfully for me it's less peace is amazing it's a fruit of the spirit it comes but joy for me is the place that i want people to see and witness and also taste and, and experience in their entrepreneurial journey 
because I don't think they do it enough. They get into the weeds, they get into the overwhelm, they get into the achievement, they get into the comparison and all of the limiting beliefs, right? They're not worthy enough. There's imposter syndrome. There's all this stuff. So talk to us about that side of it, the, the side of all of the limiting beliefs, literally, and my coaching session, these are literally three from each person of limiting beliefs that they can't do the thing that they're called to do. It's a mm. real thing. Anxiety, yeah. suicidal ideation, self-worth, body image, addiction. How do you how do you get past that? Right. Yeah. And it, it is literally rewriting the story. And before we get to that, just the joy piece that you talked about, just so you got a lot of followers, I'm sure that never had the pleasure of meeting you in person. But when I got to meet you, I felt the joy that comes from you. The same thing, the, the joy that we see on social media is real in your personal life. So I wanted to point Thank that you. out because that is hard to find. There's so many facades out on social media that it looks a certain way, but it's really not like that in person and you embody joy. So I wanted to acknowledge Thank that you. for sure. Thank you. So sweet. But yeah, when it comes to limiting beliefs, the first thing I think everyone needs to realize that is it's okay to have limiting beliefs. You're not alone. Everyone has them. So even for me, when I first started going online, so I had to make a complete shift because in practice, I'd already scaled my practice. I was no longer physically practicing. So I got off of social media because I didn't want people wanting to come see me. I wanted it to be about the clinic and what God's doing there. So I shifted gears and had to go put myself out there online and the limiting beliefs came. Well, I don't know if people are going to listen. Maybe I'm going to sound stupid. Nobody's going to like this. All that stuff came up. But what I like to say is you have to speak louder than the voices in your head because, and that's why I love going back to the word because the word is full of positive affirmations that show us who we are and who, whose we are and who we are. So when we start to believe who we really are, then we can speak louder than those little voices that are trying to stop us because the voices are always going to be there. I have a friend who is part of a high level mastermind. It, it's uh, for people that have like $100 million companies, CEOs, owners, things like that. They spend a lot of time working on the limiting beliefs because they're always going to be there. Let's say you overcome whatever's going on now and you go to a new level. Well, you're going to be like, okay, well, God did this. What else can he do? But we're going to start doubting that. We're going to start to have this unbelief come up because it's new to us. Anything new, we start to question it. But again, if we can speak loud to ourselves and those as we hear, that's when you can actually have the faith to step forward and take action. Fire, fire, fire is coming your way. Not only is the Holy Spirit fire going to be in the room, but my brother Chris Rickstrew, who truly brings that Holy Spirit vibe everywhere he goes. He is a fairly new believer. And I think that's one thing that I love most about him is just that childlike faith and that electric energy that's paralleled, connected to someone who has just divinely had a wild encounter with the Lord. Not only has he had a wild encounter, but he's also stewarded that for his own family. So you're going to hear about that. You might even get to meet them in person at the conference. And so whether you're in person or not, he is going to jump through the screens at you with the electric deposit that God has put inside of him. He's going to share his testimony, and he is also going to be equipping the future of FounderCon with an oxygenation session. Yeah, I know that sounds really woo-woo, but I promise it's not. It is all about catalyzing the big dream of FounderCon. We cannot wait for you to learn more about it because it has been 
closed-lipped for the last year about. And so he's been a part of our discipleship internally with the Founder Collective every single Wednesday at 12 o'clock Eastern. You're always invited to join in before or even after the conference. It's every single week. And I know you are going to be radically changed simply by his radical change. Chris Rickstrew in the house. And I want the audience and the people listening to understand that God does a supernatural work in a supernatural time. And it's not by our works that he can reveal himself. So let's, let's dump in. Absolutely. Like uh, it's crazy. Cause I've only been a believer for six months and uh, but my journey to this moment started back when I was 27 years old. Um, and I just turned 27. I had just built and sold my first company. Uh, you know, I, I, just raised half a million dollars from investors. I had 25 people working for me. Uh, I was just on my way to having this level of success that I've never had before, on my way to building a multi-million dollar company. And on top of all that, you know, I had the employees, I had the team, I was a CEO, I built it and sold the first company. I had all these things and I was dating the girl I thought I was going to marry. So on paper, I was like living the dream. But in reality, I felt completely empty inside. Yeah. You know, um, I was I was building this company. I would go home every day and I would feel so unhappy and so unfulfilled. You know, I was just so lost and so stuck. And, and I was so unfulfilled that I would get home every day and I would smoke weed just to distract myself from the situation that I was in. Right. And, you know, Sundays were Sunday nights were my least favorite night of the week because I knew I had to get up on Monday and go do something that I hated. And, you know, the world said, once you have this kind of success, once you raise money, once you have employees, then you'll be happy. And so I thought I was building a palace and it was actually a prison. Oh, and and, you know, it was just horrible because it's like, what am I doing? Like, yeah, I can have all the success. We're on our way to building a hundred million dollar company. And eight months from that point, we were going to raise another two million dollars from investors. And before I was 30, I'd be a multimillionaire. But it was just like my my spirit is just dying inside. And and that hurt because I had sacrificed everything to get to this point. You know, my, my family, my relationships, my health, I sacrificed right. everything to get here and just to realize that it was empty uh just like that messed me up and um so i remember sitting and at the time i didn't believe in god didn't believe in jesus i believed in the universe yeah it's like the universe i am the universe and so um i remember sitting one day and i'm like how did i get to this point like i should be happy i have the worldly success i have all these things but i'm so empty inside and i realized i don't have purpose i don't know my purpose in life and, and so I started looking, how did I get to this point? I had this massive realization that I got here because I spent my entire life listening to my head rather than my heart. Mm. I spent my entire life chasing money rather than fulfillment. And that led me to spending my entire life chasing someone else's dream. And, and from that moment on, I made a promise that for the rest of my life, I was going to follow what's inside of me. You know, I was going to follow, you know, what's in my heart. I didn't know back then that, you know, the Bible talks about <laughs> don't yeah. follow your heart. <laughs> um, but right. that's what I did. You know, that's all yeah. I knew. And, and so that led to the day that changed my, my future forever. Um, I was sitting in the living room with my, my girlfriend at the time, and we're having this like little argument just back and forth, like just this tiny little argument. And there's something inside me that says it's over. Mm. And I'm like, it's over. This is the girl that I'm supposed to marry. We already have our future kids named. We already have, you know, what we're going to do after I sell the company and, and we walk away millionaires. I was like, but I promised that I would listen to that. And, and so she stops talking and I look at her and I say, I'm breaking up with you. And she goes, and her eyes get really big and filled with tears. And then my eyes get really big and filled with tears. And then without even saying a word, 
she gets up, she walks in the kitchen, she grabs her car keys and she walks out the door. Mm. And the moment the door slams, my whole future disappeared. And I'm sitting there like, what did I just do? And I'm experiencing these two very intense emotions. You know, I, I look and my future just disappeared. And on one end, I'm terrified. Everything that I had planned is just, it's gone like that. And so there's nothing in front of me. And on the other side of that terror is excitement because if there's nothing in front of me, I can create anything. Right. And so I'm sitting there going back and forth between laughing and crying and I don't know what to do. So I, <laughs> I close my eyes. I put my hands on my heart and I ask God, universe, whatever I called it back then. I said, what's next? And before I could even finish the word next, something in me says India. So I open my eyes and I say, I'm moving to India. And immediately my mind is like, what? India? Are you out of your mind? You have a company. You hate the heat. You hate germs. You hate traveling. What? Are, what, are, what, are, what are? But I promised that for the rest of my life, I would listen to, to my heart. And so six months later, I downsized my company. I gave away all my stuff and I bought a one-way ticket to Nepal. My plan was to be gone three months and I ended up being gone three years. So I lived at a yoga and meditation retreat in Nepal for three months in the Himalayas. Um, I traveled through Myanmar for a month. I lived in Thailand for two years. I lived with monks. I worked in an elephant sanctuary. And then everything really shifted when I moved to Bali. So if anyone has ever seen Eat, Pray, Love, I lived in the same city, Ubud, where she lived. Wow. Um, And it's a totally different world there. Like you, you go to Ubud and it's in the jungles of Bali and there's monkey forests and, and everyone's walking around in like white linen clothing saying namaste. (laughs) Like, it's just, it's a whole different world. Perfect for new age spirituality. Like everything, crystals, sound bath, you know, all of this, everyone worshiping the universe, everyone manifesting. And, And so I got there and I'm like, this is where I'm meant to be. And that's actually when I started my coaching business for the first time. And so um, I gave this talk at this co-working space. And and after that talk, I launched my coaching business. And I ended up coaching 100 people one-on-one in my first eight weeks. Holy moly. Yeah, it was crazy. And and that's when I realized, like, man, there are so many people that are struggling with this battle between, you know, their head and their heart, their mediocre self, their greatest self. Um, you know, who I say now, who the who the enemy trained you to be and who God created you to be. Mm -hmm. You know, and there's this, you know, and I would call it your inner sheep and your inner lion. Yeah. And and so from there I, I launched the brand Eight Billion Lions and started coaching and speaking on stages. And I ended up coming back to the US. You know, I I left that journey just just so unhappy, so unfulfilled, so lost, not knowing my purpose. And I came out of that three years, you know, finding my purpose, having passion, you know, just a totally transformed person. And I got back to the US and I thought I was just going to take off. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, this and is I it. Didn't. <laughs> I didn't at all. I, I, I came back and I started, I stayed with my aunt. She yeah. had a spare bedroom, which was her cat's room. And <laughs> so I was living in the cat room, completely broke, <laughs> Uh, driving like a 1989 piece of junk like <laughs> car that it was half spray painted green because I couldn't even afford a second can of spray paint. It was just like was I was scary. so stuck and it was so frustrating. And I was like, I don't understand. You know, I, I know my purpose, but why can't I live into my potential? I'm full mm. of greatness. Why can't I live into it? Mm, and sorry. I struggled through that over the last two or three years. Yeah. I ended up moving out to L.A., um, and my girlfriend at the time was living here and and this was a different girlfriend uh this one i was sure was my soulmate like the universe yeah. told me she's my soulmate <laughs> um and and then one day and it was about a year and a few months ago i found out that she was inappropriately talking to another guy mm. and it just like yeah never been more crushed in my life never been more heartbroken before in my life and this was on a saturday and i talked to my coach and he's like 
listen, man, I know it hurts. I know it's horrible. I know you just want to lay in bed for the next year, but you got to go be around people, go be around good people, community of good people. And I'm like, I just got to LA. Like, I don't know a community of good people. Yeah. And I was watching this video and someone mentioned church and I was like, church, church. <laughs> I'm so against church. I'm so against the Bible. I'm so against Jesus. Like, you know, and, and, but I was desperate. I was heartbroken. And so I Googled churches in LA. I saw the first one. It was like, that looks really boring. I saw the second one called fearless LA. And it's in a, in a warehouse with neon lights, a glass stage. And the pastor wears ripped jeans and a Harley Davidson jacket. I'm like, Ooh, this <laughs> yes. is cool. Like, I'm like, I'll go check this out. And so the next day I got up, I dragged myself to church. And the moment I walked into that building, I just felt I'm meant to be here. All right, next up, another really unique combination of digital evangelist who's coming to speak on one of our panels, just like Dr. Justin is, different panel. He's in the mental health arena, which is so powerful. But this human is literally taking what he knows and what the Lord has prompted him to share in connection to mental health via social media, obviously, but through the military. So it took a little bit of time, but eventually he decided I'm going to embrace all of who I am, despite what could happen with his career. And he started wearing his uniform in the way that he was sharing on TikTok. Now, hundreds of thousands of followers across many different accounts, his own podcast, Mr. Ryan Griffiths, Mr. Griffiths is what he goes by on all the social handles. He's going to come and he's going to share so authentically about the struggle and the battle of mental health connected to how you can become a digital evangelist and help people wholeheartedly help and serve people. Now he stepped into this whole realm of speaking, potentially a book in the future, just putting that plug out there. He has an agency that has helped him catalyze this career and the military is celebrating his service in a really dynamic way. So this is a lesson to just not be afraid to go for it. And when God is prompting you into something, you know, just no spirit of fear, no spirit of condemnation. Go boldly, be strong and courageous, and do it like Mr. Ryan Griffiths. Mr. Griffiths in the house. Let's go. I wanted to ask a question about the DMs because as a coach, and I am I do something mm -hmm. totally different than you, but uh, in the context of not only business coaching, but I find myself life coaching all the time. Mm -hmm. I've been asked to life coach for people and I take women on retreats that have nothing to do with business, but I have found that there's this precursor to people who are effective in business and can truly activate is that they have mm -hmm. to be able to activate their identity first, that who they right. are. And so when you have all these DMs and you have all these comments and you've got people who are telling you about their perspective on suicide, their potential suicide, or mm -hmm. the nightmares that they're having, or the spouse that is dealing with such things, you're not a therapist. And yet right. I know that you can utilize the word to cut through any jargon in that regard or any enemy's tactics. How do you present yourself in that regard? And what is kind of your methodology around it? Yeah, it, it was very scary, especially being known as a service member, um, by degree, by, by default, I am not a therapist and I never proclaimed to be, I mean, I, I think that was the, the, by regulation and the legal side of it, where I was the, the, the most scared, I think is because I had all these messages, all these emails, all these soldiers. Um, and it was good and bad. You know, I had a lot that had a lot of positive message, uh, messages, but there was a lot that 
was very heartfelt and that it took a toll on me because I didn't realize how much pain and suffering that these soldiers and these service members had until I started reading them for myself because I had never dealt with that. I've always uh, just dealt with my own issues um, and nobody else. So having those soldiers and them reach out to me, it, it was scary reading some of the messages and some of the DMs. And that's when I really had to start taking it serious, serious because I was like, hey, this isn't just a me thing. This is a nationwide thing. And I was able to get the help that I needed first um, and know the way to get help. So I had so many uh, outliers that were uh, able to really fill me in on the direct, the, the way to direct soldiers in um, the utilization that we have in the army. So after I was able to get the help that I needed, I had so many resources and so many people to point them in the right direction to get those soldiers, to get civilians, individuals help um, that I really didn't even know was a thing until I went through the process. So I think going through that process myself and finding that help was able to give me that in my toolbox and my arsenal when somebody did reach out. It's like, hey, this is what I've done. Yeah. Um, I'm not telling you that it's going to work. And, and I'm not a therapist by no means, but this is what I've done and, and it helped me. Yeah, that's so powerful. And it goes back to your testimony, even with all of those other little pieces, right? Like, hey, mm -hmm. try this. Hey, we did this. Hey, this is a good right. resource. Do you have any sort of like hub developed where people can just like easily jump into a resource space with information that you've provided? Yeah, so um, a lot of it's just Army provided, and okay. I, I'm able to send them through the Army channels, and the Army takes care of it. Um, I personally don't deal with it, none myself. I deal with a lot of stuff on the civilian side where I'm able to reach out, and I have a team that does one-on-ones and sends them the, the right links, and it, even if they don't want to talk to me, you know, because yeah. I think I found that um, running into that problem as well is like people – are opening up better to somebody that they see on social media that they've never met in their life, um, opposed to a family and friend. And, and I resonated with that as well. You know, I was struggling and was going through those dark times. And I did, I, I was reaching out more on social media to people that I didn't know, opposed yeah. to my family and friends and my loved ones. Yeah. Um, and it resonated so much. And that's when I seen the, it, really resonate with everybody that had been following because I was able to be a stranger to somebody, but provide them the right information and direct them in to the ways that I was going as well. Yeah. I think when you get into like those more intimate relationships, there's such um, expectation of judgment and, and shame, mm -hmm. you know, or like, yeah. I need you to be this strong person, Ryan, like your wife, right? For instance, that's right. a kind of a great yeah. concept. Like, what do you mean you didn't, you didn't tell me about that nightmare? You didn't tell me about that thing? Right. Um, I'm sure yeah. that's a different story now that she's like, you better tell me first. There's got to be some sort of raw <laughs> yeah. law. I would be, I would be yeah. drawing a line on certain things, right? Um, but still, the the knowledge of that experience, and it's also an evolution where I think when people start somewhere and they have this expectation of what that could become, um, and mm -hmm. then God blows their minds as He did yours. Now, as you look to the future from a vision perspective. How do you anticipate to maintain, if not grow? Like, what are some of the projects that you're working on that came out of what was thin air into yeah. this amazing opportunity? Yeah, it, it's been life changing. Uh, it's going on three years now. And, you know, in hindsight, when I launched those videos and then when I really launched the one in uniform, I thought, you know, my service time is going to end because of what I'm going through and uh, the mental illness and everything that I was struggling with. And it just reversed it for me. And it and it honestly gave me more of a drive to now be the light and the beacon that I am and just be a servant for those individuals that are in the uniform and without. And I don't plan on getting 
out anytime soon. And it's just continuing to grow because I have so much support in the army and outside. I have a whole team now and you know, I, I said it and I always say it, I won't stop until I'm heard around the world. And it's just so many projects that are going on that I'm able to get on these platforms and they continue to grow. And I have no intentions on slowing down or stopping anytime soon. And and if if it gets to that point where I'm not allowed, uh, then I'll, I'll hang it up and I'll pursue it on the civilian side. But I've, I've not come close to that point yet. Yeah, so good. I actually have a girlfriend right now who's walking through. Um, she's the spouse of someone who is in the military. And um, it is really hard to be a friend to that and, and want to give them all of the resources and the tools, but also not knowing anything about what that version of mental health is mm -hmm. like. Um, right. having, you know, to take guns out of a home and having to do things that are like, oh, like my heart just yearns for them to have resources. And they actually yeah. feel that there isn't a lot, that <clears throat> there, there's nothing for the spouses who are walking yep. through it. Um, is there, have you heard of anything in that regard? Yeah. So, you know, I get, um, I've received messages and DMs and emails from, children all the way up to individuals that are 80 years old, 90 years old that are still in the service, outside the service. And, you know, with, and I think what really helps me and I'm able to resonate with a lot of people throughout my platforms is I, I had dealt with all of this um, way before the service. Yeah. You know, my, child, my childhood trauma, sure. uh, being physically, mentally, emotionally abused, being um, in a and involved with that aspect of it as a child and then try, trying to transition and then running into it myself and then dealing with the PTSD, depression, all that. It's kind of um, gave me a toolbox of where I can pull that from. And it's, it's really resonated with a lot of people because it doesn't have to just be PTSD that I talk about or mental health, you know, abuse, alcoholism, yeah. um, being uh, from a poverty small town to, to where I'm at, I, where I'm at now, you know, um, and it, a lot of people are able to reach out and I, and I, I see that a lot. It isn't just service members that reaches out. Yeah. It's, Hey, my husband's struggling. How can I help him? And now my wife and I, when we get to talk, you know, it, she, she has that communication piece with me where I'm able to give that feedback to, to those individuals like, Hey, like th this is how my wife was able to help me. Yeah. This is how she was able to help me be a better father after I came back because you know, everybody struggles in a different way. Yeah. But I, I found that now the whole team that I have is just being able to have that, um, not only situation awareness where I've been through it, but also be able to get the feedback and information from other people that, that are within my family, my loved ones and my friends and be able to relay that to everybody, not just service members. All right, well, that's a wrap for this show. I am so expectant to see you in the room. FounderCon 2023 is about to happen in Raleigh, North Carolina, November 10th and 11th. If you are not there, be square. Just kidding. If you are not there, I want to invite you to come to the virtual stage. We have truly designed a stage and experience, whether you're at home or in person, that is unlike anything I've ever been to. And I'm not saying that lightly. I'm saying that because Christ truly has shaped this event, not only with the people and the speakers that are there, but with the construction of how we are sharing the word, the good news and developing your businesses intricately. If you are still on the fence about like, what does this look like? Why would I join? There is so much content on the website for you to be able to know what exactly we're going over. But I want you to know there's some of the things that you're going to learn and what you will be able to extract and take away. 
TEDx conversations. Do you want to be on a TEDx stage? Do you want to learn from a TEDx coach? Health integration. How does your physical body and your blood work even have to play into your story and endurance of the race in which you are on? E-commerce and brick and mortar stores. We're going to be speaking specifically into how to develop those from a product lens uh, and how to make those effective, especially if you're a content creator. There can be some additional revenue sources uh, that could really support your business. What about the five-fold ministry and the spiritual gift integration of truly igniting marketplace ministry and how you serve? Whether you have faith out front in your business or faith is what fuels you, either way is right if that's the way that the Lord has led you specifically. But how do you utilize this anointing and your gifts as an integration point to serve your community? Next, you're going to learn about marriages and how to develop a healthy marriage in the midst of entrepreneurship. Movements. How do you design a movement connected to the community build, connected to the words that are going to be across the nations? What does that look like? You're going to learn from movement makers themselves. Then we're also going to unpack ministry and what does it mean to be in ministry and what does the nonprofit world look like connected to ministry? We speak to businessry all day long at the FounderCon conference. And so this is really going to allow you to have fresh eyes on what does that actually mean? How do we operate as leaders in a business street? We're going to be talking about meditation and mindset and have an intentional practice of how we show up to, to a work every single day. And that work is an element of worship. And so how is work a posture of worship? You're going to hear from our worship team and other artists that are coming to the stage to unpack how do we show up in that authenticity for people every single day. Again, the publishing industry is obviously going to have a forethought here because I really believe on taking those messages to the masses. And a book is an amazing way to not only leave legacy, but to develop people, equip people, to disciple people in a really rich essence, even if you don't have direct access to them until they get your words in their hand. We're also going to talk and learn about the Christian Chamber of Commerce. You might not even know that this exists. Well, it is being developed right now, and the president of that organization is going to come and share about the importance of it and how it's actually developing and how you can potentially get involved as well in your local neighborhoods and communities. We're going to be talking about building global community as well as the importance of local community. So you hear from local, we're going to go global, we always do. We're going to be talking about uh, the lens of network marketing and MLM and how you could leverage that in your business because I do know that there are entrepreneurs that are doing this solely to help provide for their family and it is amazing what happens when you can utilize and leverage as an intrapreneur what it looks like to exist in the marketplace. Additionally, understanding that it could just be an arm piece to what it is that you do. This is an essence of affiliate marketing. Also understanding that there might be a place where you feel like that network marketing is running a little bit dry or that you're not able to use and infuse your faith or gifting as much as you'd like. And so you're trying to develop something on the side until that becomes the full-time thing and you can drop that. I've got to serve a lot of audience and community members who this is their story. It's a bit amazing to watch them leverage that marketing and pull it into what God has called them to do in this new season. We're going to talk about mental health unlocks. We're going to talk about leadership. We're also going to talk about money. I mentioned money when Kristen, you got to hear from her earlier, but Kristen is a wealth guru, right? And so how can we scale to six figures, seven figures and beyond? We as Christians, if we serve a rich daddy, we have that inheritance right. We have that birthright to manage it, but we have to understand how are we stewarding it? How are we managing it? Is our money working for us or are we burying our talents? So 
Woo, that was a mouthful. There's still so much that I didn't tap into with the different genres of panels that we're gonna have and the individual speakers that are coming to teach and train in person as well as virtually. As I said, there will be round tables and experts and workshops happening. And for the virtual people, while you might not get to have that direct access with these speakers, we are bringing some incredible virtual hosts who will be training you, developing you, and pouring into you during that time. So you will be served in a whole different capacity than the people in person, and yet you'll still have access to all of this in-person richness too. So this is not your average conference. This is not a stage to motivate you. We know you are motivated. It is not a stage filled with testimonies and storytelling, though I love both of those things, and you might hear bits and pieces here and there, This is a training ground. This is an equipping zone. This is discipleship in action, and it is applicable and attainable for you to be in the room right now. Revival is now. Marketplace ministry revival is now. So let's clarify your next move and get you founded in him. And if you're not yet, or you are already, and you're like, I got that part, let's talk about the remaining, the abiding and the critical need of consistent momentum towards the call. We love you. We're inviting you in. Go to www.thefoundercon.com and get your tickets today. You will not be sorry.